This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. Today's episode of Locked On Orioles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's episode, we will, at least for now, if the Orioles are done signing undrafted free agents after the draft, will break down the final of the seven undrafted free agents that the O's have signed as we will take a look at the North Carolina outfielder Dylan Harris, whom the Orioles signed a couple weeks back. He was the final of those seven signings. And we're also going to look a little bit at uh, the Orioles reporting to summer camp today. Today is their first day here on Friday, and we will talk about that and the news around the league as most of the teams reporting today as well but first of course we finish up our undrafted free agent series and that is with dylan harris of north carolina an outfielder who spent two seasons at the junior college level before coming to unc and playing the two years with the tar heels harris a five foot 990 pound center fielder out of Knoxville, Tennessee, went to Hardin Valley Academy in Knoxville in high school. And then right out of high school, he went to community college, Walter State Community College in Morristown, Tennessee. And he ended up playing the outfield for two years there. He was fantastic. As a freshman in 2017, he hit 444 with a 535 on base, eight homers and 14 doubles. Then in 2018, as a sophomore, in 67 games, he hit 388 with a 455 on base. The power numbers, though, went up 25 doubles, 14 homers, 59 RBIs for him that season as he found the power stroke a little bit and then got recruited by UNC and committed to Chapel Hill for his final two years. In 2019, he was the starting center fielder for the Tar Heels. Uh, he played in 57 games, hit 263, but with a 407 on base percentage led the team in walks with 51 out of the leadoff spot to just 39 strikeouts. He had 14 doubles, 6 homers, and 24 RBIs. But then again, he saw a spike in really all of the offensive numbers in the shortened season in 2020. He got to play 19 games with the Tar Heels before their season was shut down by the coronavirus in March this year. But in those 19 games out of the leadoff spot, playing center field for the senior, he was fantastic. Hit 274 with a 404 on base, 14 walks, just eight strikeouts. He had just one double, but he had three triples, and in the 19 games, he had five homers and 11 RBIs. You think about that, he had six homers in 57 games as a junior, five homers in just 19 games as a senior as the power started to come out. Uh, he's a great leadoff hitter who gets on base, but not your throwback leadoff hitter. Um, he can steal you a few bases. 
as well. But uh, he's got some more pop, and he's a really good hitter, and he gets on base, and he plays a fantastic center field, probably the best defensive player that the Orioles got among their undrafted free agents. But that's just what you can kind of tell from the stats. But we wanted to know more from someone who's watched Harris play a lot, and we got someone who watched him play all 19 of those games this season in 2020, and it is Ori St. Germain. He handles... PR, media relations uh, for UNC baseball, traveling with the team uh, this season. It was his first year with the team, so he didn't see Dylan up close in 2019, but he did see him in 2020. And, of course, he's talked to the coaching staff a lot as well about his great 2019 season. So without further ado, we are joined by Ori St. Germain to talk about the North Carolina outfielder, Dylan Harris. Ori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Connor. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so we bring you on to talk about Dylan Harris, the outfielder from North Carolina, one of the Orioles' seven undrafted free agent signings that they have made uh, since the conclusion of the Major League Baseball draft a few weeks ago. Of course, this year, a much larger pool of undrafted free agents, um, and, and a lot of guys were, were going pretty quickly. So Harris, a guy who played in community college in Tennessee for a couple years, then played his last two seasons at UNC. You got to see him up close here in the abbreviated 2020 season. Um, so what, from what you saw from him this year, what, what kind of player is he with the bat and, and in the field as well? Absolutely. I, uh, I think that Dylan Harris is, is a special kind of player. Uh, he's a kid that you know, plays with a chip on his shoulder because he might not be the biggest, he might not be – uh, the fastest or have the most strength is listed at 5'9", 190. Uh, but, but he runs all over the diamond. He's super fast in the outfield, really can read the ball well off of the bat uh, and proved to make uh, a couple unbelievable catches uh, in, the, in the short season that we had uh, and really provided a defensive spark for our team uh, when, when those things happened. And at the play, uh, leadoff guy all year, leadoff guy all of last year, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to be brought on uh, to the UNC staff prior to this season. So I didn't get to see firsthand, uh, but kind of heard uh, kind of about the, the legend and the myth and, and coming in from Juco and making a really immediate impact uh, there at the top of the lineup. Uh, does a really good job of getting on base uh, and, and has some pop too, which is really exciting. You don't, you know, you don't look at him and think that he's going to send it, you know, 30 feet over, over the right field fence. But he, he did that a few times this year and a few times last year and, and in Juco as well. So it's something that's, been consistent and, and something that he's done for a while so really looking forward to to him in the Orioles organization you talk about the size uh, you mentioned it just five nine but but he hit five home runs in just 19 games this year uh, he had six more last year and of course a a full season as the leadoff guys you talked about um was was the staff you know surprised at all by the the power they got out of him especially this year or is that something they, they knew was coming maybe even if, if opponents didn't see it coming with the 5'9 stature? Yeah, Connor, I think that it's the latter. I think that Coach Fox and the staff do a really good job evaluating talent, you know, uh, from the high school ranks up into the JUCO ranks. And, and that's something that they saw uh, kind of fly under the radar when they, when they brought him to North Carolina uh, from his junior college in Tennessee where he's originally from. And, uh, I mean, the ball just tends to fly off of his back. I, I witnessed a couple of those home runs uh, this year and, and really unexpected, but, but a nice boost uh, because, you know, it allows 
you know, the back end of the order. And, and you kind of have a, a little bit of a power, power guy there at the top of the order. So um, is, can, can hit for power and, and his on-base percentage has been, was really good um, as well. Has a really good eye at the plate. Uh, led the team in walks in la- last year, I believe. And so, uh, and so I know I don't think that, that it was something surprising uh, per se, but something that, that really helped the team and kind of gave us a boost uh, when, when we might not have gotten power from our two through four spots, you know, for those few games at the beginning of this season. You mentioned the on-base percentage. That's, that's probably the number one thing you, you see from Harris when you look at the stats. You mentioned last year, 51 walks. Uh, to just 39 strikeouts in 57 games this year in 19 games, 14 walks to just eight strikeouts. The on-base percentage was over 400 each year. With that kind of put together, um, it kind of felt like he was the perfect leadoff guy. And and does it feel like that's you know going to be his role if he can you know get himself to to move up at the next level? He he's going to be a leadoff man in a lineup. Right. I mean, that's what I would uh, I would put him at. I'd peg him at. He's obviously proved. Uh, that he can get on base um, with his walks and, you know, hitting the ball, you know, over the fence and, and in the gaps as well. Um, so I think that, that he utilizes his, his skill set really, really well for his, for his stature and, um, and is, is a weapon not only at the plate but in the field as well. Like I talked about, he's an incredible defender, flies all over the diamond, um, and, and is really an asset out there in center and started every game last year in center and, and same thing this year. And from watching him, you talk about the defense, you know, some guys when they get to the pros um, are kind of outfielders. They might've played center in college, but maybe don't project there. But it seems like Dylan is a guy who college center fielder and he's a pro center fielder as well. Do you get that sense too? Yeah, I, I, I do. He, he was noticeably some, sometimes, you know, when you're just watching a baseball game, you don't, automatically notice someone's speed or someone's skill in the outfield. That's, that's not it with Dylan Harris. You, you know, as soon as he steps on the diamond, you see him read one ball, you see him go and make a diving play, you know, in, in the gap, you know, he jumps off the page action. You know that that guy's a special, a special player in the field. Yeah, we know he has speed, three stolen bases this year, just five of them in the full season last year. From, from what you saw, is it more of a, of a, of a coaching thing, maybe not being in the game plan to, to steal bases at UNC, or, or is he just, despite the speed, not not as much of a base stealer? No, I think that that uh, can be a utilize, or weapon that he can utilize. Um, I think that um, Coach Fox and his staff were played a little bit more conservatively uh, maybe this year with just making sure guys were on base and not, you know, forcing unnecessary outs or things like that. So I don't think that he was asked to do a lot of base stealing, uh, particularly this year. Um, but something that, you know, you see his speed in the outfield when he's just flying around. So uh, you can assume that, that he can do the same thing on the base pass. And obviously, Ori, in your job, you know, you, you love to see him produce on the field, but you're also, you know, worried about Dylan Harris, uh, the person as well. And, you know, especially coming from a couple years at a junior college where you're not, you know, dealing with, with the media or dealing with your games being on TV or, or playing in, you know, NCAA tournaments. How did he handle that transition, and, and what kind of person is he behind the scenes? He, he did a really, really great job with me. I remember um, my first day at the right after the Middle Tennessee series this year was, uh, was when I came to North Carolina, and I'm walking into the batting uh, facility before the game, and I'm kind of hanging out with the guys, kind of talking to them a little bit. And, and one of the first ones that came up to me was Dylan Harris and, and came and shook my hand, you know, back when we could shake hands, obviously, and 
Um, and he introduced himself. And, and I've always had a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of respect for Dylan since I've met him because of that. Um, and, and he's a guy that, that's going to lead by example and not vocally. Um, he came in and, and from what I've heard last year, he, people just gravitated towards him just because he is such a solid guy, right? And, and he's not going to be loud. He's not going to yell at you. He's not going to get in your business. But he's going to do what the coaches ask him to do. And he's going to go out there and give it 110%, you know, as cliche as it is to say. But you want guys like that. And I think that he is incredibly respected uh, in this program because he just comes to work and gets it done and has a good attitude. And, and Harris himself, you know, he's hitting at the, at the top of this – this UNC lineup and and what you saw this year, obviously uh, Aaron Sabato, a, a great hitter in the middle of that lineup as well. But between the guys you saw uh, at Carolina in the same lineup as him, and then you know some solid competition, uh, some Big Ten teams this year, Dallas Baptist um, as well, and Notre Dame. You know where did you kind of feel like just getting a short glimpse of him, where he stacked up against some of the other guys who were you know, highly talked about and, and draft prospects that you guys saw in 2020? I think that he matches up, you know, just he doesn't – he isn't as flashy as some of those other guys. But I don't – I didn't see a better fielder. I didn't see a better outfielder this year than Dylan Harris um, in terms of what he can do um, in on defense, um, you know, in the field. And, um, I mean, we were really lucky to go to Minneapolis and play Purdue and Minnesota, who had just had Max Meyer drafted. Um, really impressive arm, uh, but but Dylan he he stacks up, but he he doesn't really care, and that's the great thing about Dylan is he just comes to work and tries to you know play as hard as he can and do things the right way, and and I have no doubt that he'll be successful. Last thing for you, Ori, you mentioned you know playing Minnesota, playing Max Meyer. This kind of goes off my last question about the competition you saw him play in just the nineteen games this year. Was there a moment in any of those 19 games where he maybe made a play in the field or, or, or had an at-bat where you thought, you know, even if this guy isn't drafted um, this year and, and what ended up being a five-round draft, you know, this, this is going to be a pro player? Right. I was really excited uh, when, you know, the NCAA granted an extra year of eligibility because I thought we could sneak uh, Dylan Harris one more year at Carolina because I know he would have been a, a big asset next year for us. But uh, there was I, – I honestly – everything went by so fast at the beginning of the year. There was one crazy play he made in the outfield kind of diving to his right. I think it was in Minneapolis, but I can't remember if it was against um, Iowa or Purdue. It was either that Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember um, that it was just kind of like, wow. Um, one of those things where it's like, all right, how fast can I clip that and put that on Twitter? Because we got to get that out there because it was such an incredible play. Um, and then – um, he had one home run, I believe it was against uh, UNCG, that he uh, absolutely just jacked uh, just over the right, right center field fence kind of onto the, the lacrosse facility or the field hockey facility um, at North Carolina. And, and it was just kind of like, wow, how can someone, uh, you know, with, with kind of that stature hit the ball so far? Uh, he's just, you know, really compact, really good mechanics and, and puts it all together and gets the most out of what he has. Well, it'll be exciting to see him him play professional baseball. Obviously, the the thought is we may have to wait till twenty twenty one to to see him play <laughs> in the minors. But uh, right. but when we do, it'll be exciting to watch him play. And and hey, you know, from an Orioles per- perspective and from a perspective of these guys signing, there's not a lot of organizations where you might find a, a quicker path to the big leagues than a than a rebuilding team like the Orioles right now, which may work out. 
for Dylan Bedori. Thank you so much for coming on to tell us about the center fielder, Dylan Harris, and I uh, hope you're staying safe. Absolutely, Connor. Thank you so much. Hope that, uh, that you and yours are doing well and continue to stay safe. We got to talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes, models, it's now impossible to, to find that right part for your car. It feels like you just go through pointless and intimidating questioning when you head to a chain storefront asking about what your car needs and, and maybe you don't exactly know and, and that can make things even tougher. Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It saves you money and it's easy to use. rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I'm not the biggest car guy in the world, but at least when looking for something like windshield wipers, they're a little easier to, to know when you might need new ones. Just put them in for, for your car, Honda CRV, and boom, there you go. You can find all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So again, our thanks to Ori St. Germain, who handles the PR for University of North Carolina baseball team for coming on to tell us about the final Orioles undrafted free agent signing, the center fielder Dylan Harris, who played, again, the two years at JUCO and then the two years with the Tar Heels. And he was great in all four years of his college career. Really excited about him. You know, he's got some pop. He can get on base, a fantastic defender in the outfield. And and we've talked about it. You know, we've talked about some guys the Orioles have gotten this year um, through the draft or undrafted free agents who might be outfielders but are, are more of corner outfield guys. Dylan Harris is a true center fielder, and it looks like that's where he will play as he works his way through the minors starting in 2021. But besides that, of course, the Orioles could sign more undrafted free agents, but if they don't, uh, they got seven of them after the six draft picks as well. So an influx of 13 new minor league guys here in 2020. Of course, they did cut some guys uh, back in April as well. And then we'll see what, you know, the cancellation of the minor league season, the coronavirus and, and the owners, what impact that has on minor league baseball in 2021 and beyond. And, and that'll be something we'll have to figure out at a later date. But final thing for today, obviously today, Friday, July 3rd, first day of summer camp, as they're calling it, for the Orioles. Most of the teams reporting to their home ballparks today uh, to start that second spring training, trying to get ready for what right now is scheduled for a July 23rd or 24th opening day for the 60-game 2020 Major League Baseball season. Um, and, you know, since we, we last spoke yesterday, there's there's been more news about baseball and the coronavirus um, and and what's going on there. You know, we talked briefly about the the four Phillies players and including Tommy Hunter and Scott Kingery. Um, and there's still a lot of speculation that at least two of those guys could be on the, the injured list without any designation because they had tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, we had today announced that Delino DeShields, the outfielder, uh, he has tested positive uh, for COVID, Delino DeShields, formerly of the Rangers, uh, signed with the Indians this year. Um, and it seems like either today or tomorrow, we're going to get a number from Major League Baseball of how many positive tests they got from testing all the guys before starting the summer camp. Now, as I record this here early Friday afternoon, uh, we haven't seen any really content from the Orioles, any updates, uh, any of the guys at 
Camden Yards working out quite yet. Um, did see Hanser Alberto uh, go live on Instagram. Him and Pedro Severino, I believe, um, were live on Instagram, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and that was earlier on Friday, and neither of them were at the ballpark. They were in the hotel room, um, so waiting on the Orioles to see if they will start workouts today. And hey, it's uh, 95 degrees um, sweltering in Baltimore, so maybe they will just wait until tomorrow. But it will be interesting to see what goes on with the Orioles, if they add any players, and, and if they do have any positive tests on the team as they begin this second spring training. And as we go forward, of course, today we we wrapped up with the undrafted free agent looks. Uh, we will get back into looking at a season and, and what what needs to happen to play and, and, you know, thinking somewhat like they may play a season and start to have some of the Orioles writers back on to talk about the guys on this roster, how it may shape out with a 30-man opening day roster and all the news that we know is going to come out over the next few weeks. So look for some some a little more Orioles-centric guests over the next few weeks here on the pod. But uh, if you are liking uh, the undrafted free agents and the, and the draft looks, you go back over the last couple of weeks, really the last three or so weeks since the Major League Baseball draft. Um, it's been all draft player content. Each guy is, has gotten his own episode, uh, the draftees and the undrafted free agents, and we've had a lot of good guests to come on and tell us about them. So go back into the archives uh, to check those out. While you're doing that, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening right now. Give us a rating and a review if you could as well. That really, really helps out the pod if you could do that. Uh, give us five stars if you want. If you don't think, give us one star. Give us whatever in between, whatever you think, but the ratings really help. And, and if you're really feeling good, leave a review as well. So that'll be it for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, by that time, we'll expect to have seen the Orioles working out. We'll have some more news in baseball, and we'll see how summer camp is going for the O's. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're looking for a little more baseball content, uh, maybe you're getting ready for a fantasy baseball season. Check out the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.